Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome, everybody. This is Dr. Homebrew, and uh, this is the greatest night of my life, um, even even above the birth of my daughter. Uh, I'm drinking two Pilsners out of two different glasses. I never <laughs> this thought never this, happens. <laughs> I never thought this day would come. I want to thank uh, my family and friends for being there and knowing that we could really make the brewing industry something that would make something that I would want to drink. Yeah. It's, uh, what is that uh, second pilsner there, bro? This is uh, the Pally Pills from Honolulu Beer Works. I was just over there proctoring an exam, and it's a German-style pilsner. Oh. Do you get paid for that? Like, do they fly you out there? Uh, the, the they bidgets? do contribute towards, um, you know, because you need to get a certain number of high-level judges out there for those. So they, yeah. there's a stipend, you know, towards your travel costs. So they kind of mm-hmm. expect the local people to kind of pitch in and, um, you know, put you up, help out with, with other things. And but, uh, Man, I, I, I hardly <clears throat> paid for a beer while I was there. It was great. Were the local uh, judges, like, as uh, as against, uh, you know, California and, and American, or American, um, <laughs> you know, stateside uh, judges? Like, you yeah. come over here and you ruin our beer scores. Yeah, they're all, you know, down with USA judges. That's again. cool. Yeah. Howley. Mainland. Howley. Um, yeah. Why can't I hear you? Say a word. Uh, Say a word again. Words. Hey. 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 Are we there? It's all been right. so long. Um, I, <laughs> I forgot how to do everything. Yeah, it's been a while since you had more than just one judge in the in the studio. It's been a hot minute. Welcome back, Brian. I hope your uh, family is alive still. Everybody's good, yeah. Everybody's good. All Everybody's right. Good. That's good. We, we missed you. Him up. Uh, but Brian Shar is here again, and he did very good. He did a very good job, Brian Shar. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that candid on-air performance evaluation. <laughs> well, as long as the check clears, dude, I don't, I'll say whatever the hell you want me to say. Uh, and then we have Matt Sanger, of course, from Danville Sanger. Brewing Company. Uh, I'm gonna, I said Sanger. Yeah. You said Sanger, right? Yeah. Sanger. Sanger. Yeah, I, I did? Yeah. I run it together. I didn't mean... In my head, in my head, I know what it is. Although, I prefer it to be Sanger because I think that's... I think it it's just what, what I want to yeah, say. It flows off the tongue a lot easier. Yeah. Matt Sanger. Yeah. Right. But it's Sanger. Anyway, see, to me, for having me. To me, it sounded exactly the same. <laughs> it sounded exactly the same. I think I'm right. broken. I think he's got a silent N in his name. In his name. That's an invisible N. <laughs> right, right. See, uh, there you go. It's uh, a you little know, squiggle over the top or something. It's like the C in rock. It's silent. It's just, yeah. uh, it is what it is. Well, welcome. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, thanks for having me. And you have your uh, assistant boy here, right? My assistant, yes, my assistant boy. boy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name again, man? Boy. I'm sorry. Michael. Michael. But, <laughs> see, Michael is no good on the radio because as yeah. he leaned back, he said his name. My name's Michael. Michael. Yeah, nope. <laughs> What's your name, so, Michael? Michael. Michael, how you doing, dude? Not bad. Yeah, thanks for coming and hanging out. Thanks yeah. for having me. Michael helps me brew at Danville Brewing. Awesome. Yeah, he helps sling beer with me. How's the uh, Danville Brewing? It's going great. Yeah? It's doing very well, yeah. I noticed yeah. you answered before Michael. Just well, Michael to, to make sure talk. make sure he knows that <laughs> it, he can't my, actually say what's really going on. It's going great, I'm Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why are you kicking him under the table? I don't understand. <laughs> you know, things are going good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Having a great time. Awesome. We just had our second anniversary. and yeah. Wow. Yeah. Kick That's ass. cool, dude. Yeah. Awesome. Names. Yeah. Well, God bless. Uh, we have beer to talk about tonight, everybody. We have beer to drink and uh, people who brewed the beer on the show, which is uh, totally new and exciting. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's kind of what we do here. Yeah. Uh, uh, before we do that, though, I want to thank our uh, sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn about the best ways to keep your brewing equipment clean and sanitary. It's PBW, Five Star, and a bunch of other stuff. So check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. They're good people. They want you to make good beer 
They won't make better beer. Because you're probably making, well, I shouldn't say it. <clears throat> you're, you're probably making beer. Hey, most everybody on the show makes good or very good or even excellent beer. That's true. That's true. Although I haven't brought any beer in for a while, so you can't say that we make excellent beer because I haven't. Well, yeah. Um, because that's that, I mean, you're referring to my tier when yeah, you say. Drag us down to fair or problematic. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I do actually have some beer, and I just I totally forgot about it. Oh, man. I forgot about it, but that's okay. I'm sure it'll well, be I, left over. I brought Hawaii uh, beer. I'm still on island time a little bit. It's kind of cool. I just stay up really late, but then I still have to get up at the same time, so it's kind of, yeah. That kind of is not cool. It's cool when you're doing it. It's like, <laughs> oh, I have a lot of energy. It's two in the morning. Oh, God. Uh, I stayed up till two in the morning. Yeah. Dude, that time, like around midnight, that's like the golden hour for dads because you can be awake and get <laughs> oh, shit done. I got so much stuff so done amazing. in my garage. Yeah. <laughs> my, my my daughter is in the she's she's very uh, 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 she's in this she's very sullen now so hmm. it doesn't matter she she takes off to her room we don't see her for an hour I don't care like, oh, did you play Fortnite or something or not yet not yet no no, no she's all about the. Um, oh, what what's that thing with the blocks and you put the, the Legos Minecraft Minecraft there oh. you go yeah. yeah look at me Legos the old <laughs> guy Legos Duplo blocks. I don't have children. Link is lost. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. When I stay up till midnight, it's because I want to, not because I, I have I, to. I do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of doing whatever you want, I don't know. Uh, Brian is on the line, and uh, he sent us a Meriton. Brian, are you there? I'm, I'm here. Can you hear me? Perfect. Hey. Yes, sir. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hi, Brian. Hey. You know, we have three Brians on the show right this second. And i got to say, you can never have too many Brians at one time. I don't know. I, That's right. It's a good thing. Uh, I don't know. It's a good thing you're not in the studio because I think we would implode. i got to ask, though, man, are you an I-Brian or a Y-Brian? Um, um, which, which one's the right way? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes you feel good. That's the right way. Right. Well, I'm a I'm a wide right. Oh no! We'll uh, try not to hold that against you. <laughs> all right, that's right. fair. Uh, all right, so Meriton, man, have you brewed a Meriton before, or is this your first try at it? I haven't, and actually, sitting next to me is my brother-in-law Jonathan, who uh, who's part of this this brew as well. Okay. So my birthday my birthday was about a month ago. Uh, Jonathan came to me with the idea of purchasing some ingredients and brewing up a, an Oktoberfest for, you know, the fall slash winter months of the Midwest. There you go. Um, so, he, so here we are. Okay, so if it sucks, it's his fault. That's right. And he's sitting right here, and he's going to take all that shit. Nice. Yeah. Well, he sounds like a good brother-in-law, then. He's going to sit there and just get assaulted by us. <laughs> Or praised. Who can who can tell? The pendulum swings both ways. Uh, well, okay, let's start judging your beer then. Oh, you know what I should have done? Should have got another bottle. Yeah. Here, let me go do that. Here, you guys talk amongst yourselves. We have a I'm friend get in the back bottle. here that can get one. Yeah. Well, but you don't know where it is. Well, you can tell me. It's a, uh, what is it? Is it the bread cap? The no, the, it's in the um, white cap. It's in a thing. I'm just going to do it. It has a white label You guys on. talk to Brian. I'll cut this All right. show. All right. Hi, Brian. It'll sound great. Hey, Brian. Hi, Brian. So, uh, how long how long have you been brewing, my friend? So, um, it depends on how much you like my beer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Either years. six years or six months. Yeah. yeah. So around five years, I'd cool. say. And what got you into that? Did it, uh, somebody buy you a kit, or you just just wanted to try it out? Had some friends that did it, or yeah? So um, graduated college, I was really into beer. Uh, my my brother actually got me into brewing. He came to me and he's like, "Hey, you know we can make this stuff." I'm a chemistry major and all that, so I science like science. Guys, yeah. Um, so kind of gravitated that way, and making beer seemed like a good idea, and then. Pretty much got obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah. Sciencey people, like we have a lot of lab people and a lot of you know tech people in our area, and they brew. Some of them brew the best beer. Mm-hmm. They really pay attention. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's uh, crack cool. this uh, second bottle open. Uh, that would be cool, and uh, pour it into some glasses so I can try a little bit. And then, who wants to start with the um, the first go here? Let's let our. We haven't had Matt here for a while. Matt, why don't we let him go. Let him go. Yeah. Matt, why don't you go ahead and go and uh, tell Brian all about your thoughts on his Meriton, on Jonathan's Meriton, potentially. Well, I, I, I wrote these notes probably half hour ago, and, and now I'm 
I'm smelling it again as, it, as it's warmed, and I'm getting the same thing I got. The very first thing that hit me was this deep, toasted nuttiness that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, toasted nuts like, like, like walnut. I also wrote hazelnut. I'm getting a lot of like a hazelnut aroma. Um, but I'm also getting a, a sort of a dark fruit and maybe and, and maybe I'm not getting it now because it's I just was poured a cold bottle uh, <laughs> a, sort of a bruised apple but um, one thing that, that struck me was the lack of of a phone and um, you know it's it's just I, I don't know how you did you bottle it uh, uh, from a keg yeah, yeah. So it was um, caveman style bottling yeah. from a keg yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just uh, Little, little flat, um, but man, yeah, that 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 toasty aspect is spot on. Um, I'm maybe getting a little bit of a of a uh, oxidized note, sort of a dusty, wet paper on the on the flavor. Um, but and and another thing that struck me was was uh, as far as the the um, aftertaste is, it's pretty astringent. Um, tell me about your your how you mashed and, and your water profile and all that. Sure. So, um, started with store-bought distilled water mm-hmm. and built it up from there. It was mm-hmm. just simple, uh, gypsum and calcium chloride. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little bit of acid. Um, not too much cause I did have some darker malts in there. Right. But, yeah. It's you know, that fairly, was really it. Fairly dark color. Yeah. It's on the darker end for the style. Yeah. Uh, did you steer clear of the uh, of the caramel malt in this? Um, I've got some Caramunic, okay. but but mm-hmm. um, no, no other caramel malts other than that. Yeah. Uh, what about your? Is this um, a partial mash? A full? Uh, uh, it, all yeah. Or? So um, it's I do a uh, a brew in a bag. Basically, oh, okay. I've got a fifteen gallon kettle mm-hmm. and a brew bag. Okay. Um, so I mash full volume. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, as, uh, uh, you know, I I really liked the uh, the initial malt aroma, malt flavor, that really nice toasty nuttiness. Um, see, as uh, I I don't know, I, I was of the minority, but I I thought that it probably could use a little more um, uh, bitterness. Style guidelines say a moderate amount of bitterness in this beer. I um, I would like just a touch more, and and and. But I think what what gets me is is that that astringency that just carries on. Um, and uh, w- when did you brew this beer? Just out of curiosity, it was, it was brewed um, beginning of September. Oh, okay. yeah. They said they were just talking about doing it, and that. <laughs> yeah, it's just Not pretty too long ago. Yeah, no. yeah, and 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 uh, maybe that's where that sort of bruised apple thing is coming from, or uh, it might be a bit too young. Uh, sure, but other yeah. than that, I, I really enjoyed it. It's nice, and dry, clean, um, clean, dry finish. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, did you score it? I did. I what, did. What'd I, you give it? I I, I, I gave this a twenty nine. Okay. Um, I mainly knocked it. For the um, the astringency mm-hmm. and and it just seems a little oxidized. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, Brian. All right. So I'm going to skip ahead just very briefly. Uh, <laughs> speaking to that astringency. So when you were done with the mash, did you gently grab the sack and perhaps squeeze in a gentle manner <laughs> to get all of the liquid out, or what did you did you let it just sit there and drip for a while? Are we or talking about bring beer? That, right. uh, that sounds like a personal right question, now. and Jonathan <laughs> might have to answer that one. How do you treat your bag? Sir? Yes, how do you, how do you handle your sack when you're brewing? I, yeah. I did not touch the sack. Yeah, that's a Jonathan question. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, so I just, I've got kind of a a full strap hooked up to a ladder and hoist it out that way, and then it just drips in. I don't really squeeze it with any force, I guess. Okay. Yeah, there's no manhandling. 
Yeah, that's prob- yeah. probably for the right. best because uh, that, that is going to lead to some astringency potentially. Yeah, I always thought that was bullshit because people always use the tea bag like scenario where like yeah. you squeeze a tea bag. People people squeeze tea bags all the time, but the reason their tea is bitter is because they fucking use boiling water. Yeah. You're not it, supposed to use boiling water. It yeah. might be a mommy, that's why, right? It might be just a mommy, right? right? I, yeah. I make tea and I will go back and I'll. Uh, loose tea, it'll go back and pour more water in later. And of course, it's astringent because it's been sitting there in water for half what, an hour. What, temperature, what temperature do you, do you use? About 190. No, dude. What kind of tea is it? Uh, black tea. Uh, you 160. Okay. Okay. Right, anyway. So you got a strap <laughs> well, under the sack. Do- Dr. There. T. Brew, go, uh, go ahead. Today. Uh, go ahead. So I, uh, like, like Matt, I thought the malt character was great. Uh, it was very bready. Uh, Vienna, Munich, and the mm-hmm. aroma. Uh, got very low, sort of earthy hop aroma, uh, sort of a slight fruitiness, uh, gave the aroma a nine. Um, appearance, uh, two out of three. It was very clear. Color was that perfect copper. But the the head was very low and dissipated very quickly. And this is a style you really want to have a bigger, rockier head that persists uh, a little longer. And I suspect that comes from just bottling from the keg, which is a thing that most of us do who keg. We just kind of... Bottle from the keg, and that's just how, even if you got a beer gun, because it's a pain to put that beer gun together, even though it's great. Um, flavor. That malt was at a, a high level. Uh, it was very bready and, and toasty. Uh, low to medium bitterness to balance. Uh, very well attenuated. Some low spicy hop flavor. That the finish was long and balanced slightly to bitterness, which, which I liked. The style guidelines technically talk about how the finish is long and malty. Mm-hmm. So... According to the style, probably this was a little bit too bitter, but from a standpoint of what I like to drink, I thought this was really uh, appropriately bitter. Um, as it warms, it gets a little bit different character that's, that's definitely minerally. And when you talked about building your water from distilled, that was, you know, a couple of us in the studio here were kind of nodding and thinking about that, that mineral character that we tasted. Um, and I... Kind of in skipping ahead to the overall impression a little bit, I would suggest uh, next time you brew this or next time you brew, you might try dialing back your mineral additions, maybe 25 percent. Uh, I, I think they kind of as it warms up, uh, I wouldn't go. We, I, we were joking earlier about licking a rock. It's not that intense. Uh, but there's a um, there's a definite mineral character as it warms that is kind of distracting from what otherwise is a really pleasant, bready, uh, toasty character. So mm-hmm. I gave the flavor 11 out of 12. Um, also symptomatic of bottling from the, the keg mouthfeel. Gave a 3 out of 5 primarily because carbonation was very low and in two bottles in a row it was almost flat. Uh, you know, a little bit more carbonation, I think, would really do do wonders for this beer. Uh, body's medium. There's very slight warming, uh, creamy, slight astringency. Uh, overall, well made. I think to me, the primary faults are that it's flat, and that the water is perhaps slightly over adjusted to where it it needs to be. Uh, I'm not ultimately sure. I mean, I'm not an authority on water by any means. For a maltier style. I don't know how much gypsum you really need as opposed sure. to calcium chloride. And I might, I definitely wouldn't go one to one if you're going to use both. But I might go, you know, two to one in favor of the calcium chloride, chloride or even yeah. three to one because that's going to emphasize the malt more. Again, don't, I, I'm not an authority on water, so you probably want to ask somebody in addition to me. But that makes sense. Usually the gypsum is what you use to accentuate the hobbit. That's, that's the, the water in a nutshell, right? You use mm-hmm. the calcium chloride to uh, emphasize maltiness. Use the gypsum to emphasize the hops. So for a malty style, you go more, more chloride. Uh, but overall, you know, I thought it was was well made. Uh, overall impression is seven for a total score of thirty two. So well done. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank Excellent. you. I agree a lot with a lot of what the guys said too. I'm, I won't go through my full thing, but cool. just some of the main points of the beer too. Like I think that maybe you know um, uh, Matt's not picking up enough bitterness, and uh, Brian's kind of picking up a, a little more bitterness. It might be that there's an impression of bitterness coming from. Uh, the combination of what bitterness there is there, which I thought was also f- fairly low, uh, combined with that that kind of biting astringency, it just has kind of a biting impression. And there's pretty evident alcohol here. It's something that might smooth out as it lagers longer. To me, it tasted kind of like a young 
uh, Meritzen. But pretty good with some nice, again, bready toasty and uh, some nice stuff up front. I also got a little bit, I felt like I got a little acetaldehyde that's still in there uh, that the yeast might absorb if you if you age it a little longer. Um, and, yeah, I was just kind of pull back that there's a little bit of a biting alcohol warmth in the kind of going in the back of the throat in it. Um, these are all kind of fine points. I gave it a 31. I thought it was a pretty pleasant marathon. Just a few minor issues that these guys have, have covered pretty well. But, um, yeah, you, with the, you want to, obviously, I mean, we can talk about your, your um, other parts of your recipe and the yeast you used and how, what, you, what you pitched and, and how vigorous it was and all of that. But just really healthy, vigorous, a right-sized pitch. You know, everybody has access to the calculators out there. But sometimes you want to just over, go over a little bit just to be safe, you know, because it's, you never know how much of that is actually healthy and vigorous and alive. And sure. if it seems kind of subdued, then, yeah, go higher. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, very good. Uh, Brian with a Y. Do you have any questions for uh, for these handsome men? I guess I guess that's me. Um, no, thank you, guys. I appreciate the feedback. Uh, definitely do. Um, I think some of the things you guys were saying kind of resonated with, with me as well. I think the, the carbonation level, for sure, um, drinking it off the keg, it's, it's definitely much different. Mm-hmm. The head is sure. pretty prominent. So I understand that, for sure. Um, the questions, I guess, my immediate questions is so i i built the water profile up from distilled water obviously like i said um i use brewing water um i used an amber balance profile so so we're the what i heard want to play it back um next time look to favor more calcium chloride that's that's really my takeaway what about um is there anything to speak to the acid addition? Is it necessary? Do you think? Only Satanists use that much acid. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I would also take away that your overall amount of mineral, I would back off maybe 25 okay. 30%. And you want to ch- I would change the mix also, but I would back off because you, if you change your mix, you're still going to have it be overly minerally, I think. Right. I think you want to back it off, but then change your mix to be maybe 2 to 1 calcium chloride to gypsum. And see what happens. And, and, and uh, a lot of calcium will also acidify your, your mash. Uh, take it pretty low as well. So the, an excellent okay. point. Yeah. But yeah, as point. far as acidifying, you've got, I mean, you're making a fairly um, a dark in here. I don't know that you need to acidify your mash water all that much. Just get it to where your pH lands, you know. Um, five two to five five somewhere in the middle of there where you want it, and then um, you would you, you would probably uh, benefit from acidifying your sparge water to six, just to uh, avoid getting uh, any astringency out of those grains. Or well, I guess you're doing brewing a bag, so uh, yeah. Just make sure full your ball, pH is volume, just make sure your pH is right. You know, if it's if it's a little too high if it's bumping up at you know five five or five six you know just you could acidify a little bit yeah did you make a starter for this uh so i didn't i actually um i pitched uh dry yeast staff lager uh 34 70 yeah um so so uh, admittedly there's probably something there um i did pitch it i didn't i didn't even honestly hydrate it so it was pitched directly Mm. um so there could be something there yeah. Wow, everyone just got real mad at you, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It's fine. We can hang up now. We're all, we're all in here judging you so hard. We can't hang up. I have to hang up on you legally. That's just that's what it is. Anything no. else? I mean, I think the water stuff is pretty good, and that's a good place to start, especially uh, if they're going to keep doing this. It, I thought it was a good beer overall. Yeah, I do yeah, agree yeah, a lot yeah. with what, Matt, you were saying about the bruised apple kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um it's there, and normally I would attribute it to to maybe just like caramel malts, or crystal malts, but you know, water profile makes a lot of sense too. So, yeah. just try that. Forget about yeah. it. We'll, yeah, we'll do. And thanks for the notes on the uh, malt profile. That was my other concern, but it seems like that got good marks. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, get yeah. a get a quart of fresh, healthy yeast from your local microbrewery. You know, right? Yeah, you, you yeah. just start the, the times that I have problems with my beer or the times I don't make a starter, and I go and I get, like, two vials or three vials, and think, ah, I don't have time. I'm just going right. to inevitably, those are the ones where I have problems. Yep. So make make the time. And even with that dry yeast, you know, rehydrate a little. You know, uh, it, it does help. Yeah. Use a little go firm sometimes with things like that might help, too. Yeah. yeah. Or double the yeast if you're not going to rehydrate, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. right. Um, all right, Brian, with a Y, I'm going to let you uh, and Jonathan go. 
right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank yeah. Guys. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye, guys. Thanks a lot. That was cool. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. Hey, anybody who's trying to make loggers. Yeah, man. Um, I'll. Uh, <laughs> I'll listen to you guys tell them how to do it right. Uh, speaking of water adjustments, the Smart Brew Water Testing Kit incorporates a revolutionary photometer system, which is the first and only one on the market with its own app. It's for home or commercial use. The only meter on the market that runs water tests with no math needed on your part. Email the results to the rest of your brew team or post to your Facebook page and let your homebrew club get the lowdown on your base water profile. It has the ability to test over 40 different water quality tests. Four come preloaded, and you can buy more. Uh, you can test for stuff like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and more with only four mils of water needed for each test. So go to smartbrewkit.com, enter code TBN10 at checkout, and you can save 10 bucks on either the standard or advanced Smart Brew Testing Kit. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. And uh, we're going to come right back, and we're going to have uh, another beer to drink. This is uh, my favorite style. It's carbonated water. And so I'm looking forward to the. No, anyway. Uh, Hang on, everybody. We'll be right back. Fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now, back to the examination. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging on. Before we get to our second guest, More Beer wants to change your malt game with Viking Malt. Hailing from Northern Europe, Viking Malt is a family-owned malt house since 1883 and is the largest specialty malt producer in the world, apparently. I had no idea. Their base malts are malted from null lox varietals that do not contain the enzyme lipooxygenase. Which leads, of course, everybody knows, to trans-2-nonanol in beer, which is responsible for the stale cardboard flavors. So head on over to morebeer.com and brew with ingredients from the future. 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 <laughs> I feel like we're living in the future. We're living in the future. Are we yes. living in the future? I think we should be living in the future. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, while I try to figure out who the hell we're supposed to be talking to. The future is Avery. So I got to get Avery up here. Man, I am not... Uh, you're struggling I mean, today, Jeffy. Yeah, What's going on, man? I don't know. I'm just not really used to Everything okay, it. my friend? Everything's fine. I just yeah. don't care anymore. I'm actually looking up Viking Malt on my phone there as we uh, are doing this because I'm curious who we are. And they're about curiosity and shit. So let's see. Uh, <laughs> You're curious about are, who you are as a person? I'm they malt curious. They are curious. And oh, I'm contact. That's what I want to say. I'm curious where they're located. Are you mash curious? I am Sweden. Oh, nice. And in Denmark. You are Sweden. And Finland. Good lord, they're I'm everywhere. assuming this is Avery, so we're going to give him a ring and see what's going on. Uh, do we have that other beer open, boys, and uh, poured for for your boy here so I can have some? Uh, it's right here, yeah. Nice. Pink. Give some to JP so he can taste this. Yeah, that would be nice. Give him a big pour of that hazy IPA. That's right. Yeah. You love it. I can't no, wait. You love it. I can't wait for that shit. No. <clears throat> All right, well, Avery's no. not answering. Thank you very much. So we're just going to go ahead and continue on with... The show, <clears throat> and then Avery can uh, let me know when he is available. So, who wants to start? Brian Cooper. Why don't you start us hey, off? Hey, huh? all right, yeah. Um, so Wait, that's ju- not him. That was the wrong. That was the wrong Avery. We're judging this as Jason. It's uh, yeah. Hey, look. You know what? He needs like four Y's in his name for me to like. Be able to <laughs> I don't know, dude. We're judging this as a specialty IPA, and um, are you going to try to catch him? 
So, yeah, just go ahead. Okay. This is a um, clean, pleasant uh, kind of, you know, light mango mm-hmm. and melon, a little bit uh, resiny in there. Mm-hmm. And um, the malt is pretty subdued It's in the aroma. It's just a slight kind of bready and a little biscuity notes in there. Um um, I feel like the esters were medium low, fruity esters, kind of an apricot peach like presentation. Um, fairly subdued, not super bright or in the way. Um, just accenting those hops. No DMS or diacetyl. Seems uh, cleanly brewed. Um, I, got, I did get a little medium, medium uh, light, kind of clean alcohol in the nose, too, which is fine for an IPA, of course. Uh, appearance, it's quite hazy. It's, you know, it's, well, you know. You can kind of see a smudgy version of your finger behind it, uh, but you know it's it's bordering on opaque. But you can still see kind of shadows of things through it. You know, like, um, but it's got a low whitish head of fine bubbles ringing the glass. It, the retention seems somewhat poor, um, or it just didn't really throw uh, much of a head at all when you, when we first poured it. So uh, I would like more there, uh, but. Uh, you know, could be a glassware issue too here. <laughs> Everything sometimes in the brewing network comes up a little flat, so it might might just be um, that. But Brian, I licked these glasses clean myself. <laughs> okay, they okay. should be perfectly fine. And you hand oiled them? Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Char's got jokes today. Watch out. <laughs> I'm funny. Dude. Char's feeling good right now, dude. <laughs> He's a little squirrely. Everyone back off, Char. A little squirrely. He'll get you. A little you. squirrely. Um, so in the flavor, it's got a medium high hoppiness with uh, notes of kind of kind of mellow papaya, a little bit of mango, yeah. uh, some some sharp pininess in there, and it's, it's it's expressing it fairly grassy and it's it's pretty dank, uh, but it's not like extremely intense. It's just kind of a combination of all these different hop uh, components, and but it's a little more subdued than maybe desired for the uh, for the style. Um, the bitterness is actually medium high. I would say it's more than desired for the the Northeast IPA. Um, I'm not sure if it's all from Whirlpool hops or you know if we can talk to you about your recipe, we'll find out. But uh, there's definitely hop balance, and there's a lot of bitterness and hop flavors there. It's kind of a low bready, uh, uh, kind of basic base malt behind that. But you know, it's got an interesting kind of uh, the, the color. I didn't really mention it's kind of a tannish orange color. Um, Kind of interesting colors. Seems a little darker than you might think for the style, but um, so there's something maybe darker in there, but it doesn't have any you know super caramelly flavors or anything like that. And it um, it finishes fairly dry. Doesn't leave too much behind. Aftertaste, you know, hops and some bitterness and alcohol in there. Um, so you know, um, kind of where it needs to be for the most part. Uh, mouthfeel medium bodied, somewhat creamy. Uh, with a bit of alcohol warmth coming through, as um, maybe a little more than I would want, almost. But uh, yes, it's pretty, um, you know, pretty warming in the in the back of the throat. But I didn't get a lot of obvious uh, any obvious astringency. Um, it still has that kind of creamy mouthfeel that you that you want in these these guys. Um, carbonation is medium low. Um, seems like a little lower than you'd want it. Um, but yeah, overall, it's a fairly pleasant Northeast IPA. Um, enjoyable hop character. I liked the, the ones that you used. Um, would like a little bit more. Uh, but I would back down on the, the bitterness a fair amount. I don't know if, if it's, you know, if you're just adding just a tiny bit in the boil to keep, keep boilers from happening, but um, add even less and maybe, you know, and or whirlpool hmm. at a slightly lower temperature. Um, it's, it's definitely going to help you too to, to bump up the carbonation here. Yes. This is the first one of these styles of beers that actually tastes like an IPA because there's yeah. bitterness. It tastes Otherwise, like it's IPA. not an IPA. I'm sorry. I'm not going <laughs> to get on that train again, but um, uh, I don't mind the bitterness on it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's, 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 I guess overall, there's something just that tastes slightly dulled and slightly stale. Um, in it, and it might just be that these beers are so sensitive and they don't travel well. But um, I, I know the, uh, you know, I'm sure the intern um, bottled it carefully and, and uh, <laughs> took care, care to. Uh, well, we have Avery on the line. Give us the best uh, product. He told me he was gonna. <laughs> Avery, are you there? I am here. Hey, how's it, how's it going, man? Sorry, I called you a little bit early, so that might have thrown you a little bit. 
Oh, no. No, it's okay. Oh. It's fine. It only threw me just a little bit, but I recovered. Hell yeah, dude. That's a, <laughs> like a champ. Uh, so, uh, Brian just went over your uh, your beer here, and uh, while we got you, let's just talk a little bit about your history with this style. Is it something you've done before, or what are you looking for with this uh, um, thing? No, this it's, thing. it's uh, something that I've never done. Obviously, it is a big... It's moving. This is a, one of the you know really uh, popular styles that's growing in the industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, as a home brewer, you get a lot of requests from friends and family to make their favorite style. Mm-hmm. So a lot of uh, friends really like this beer. So I thought I would put my toe in the water and give it a try. Wow, for your first time, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, yeah. score wise, I gave it a thirty five myself. I actually really thought it was a uh, it was a very a very good beer, very good special okay. IPA. Just a just a little bit um, like that. I'd like even a little brighter uh, hops and a little less bitterness was kind of the overall thing. But um, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think that if I could go back, um, I would have totally cut the bittering hop addition, which was not very much. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think it really took me by surprise how bitter it it was, uh, even with. A pretty small, in my opinion, uh, bittering addition. Uh, I think I'd throw it all in the whirlpool and later. And I also think that it was a little darker than I wanted it to be. So yeah, um, I think I'd have to change up the the malt bill a little bit to, to correct that in the future. Yeah, the color was a little a little bit weird. It's kind of this tannish, you know, um, orangey tannish color. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. so I I think probably what happened there was that I did you know I used the typical malts, but then I threw in a little bit of honey malt as well, mm-hmm. and I think that that's what threw off the color. Hmm. Yeah. What made you decide yeah. to do that? Just trying stuff out. Yeah, I was just, uh, I'd never used honey malt before, and I thought that it might add a little bit of uh, mouthfeel, you know, in addition to the, you know, the, the wheat and the uh, flaked oats that I used. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just just trying it out. I like how you wanted more mouthfeel than wheat and flaked oats could give. Yeah, I guess I guess hearing it said back to me sounds ridiculous. Yeah, but you know what? And I get that. I still get that. And I've been brewing for like twenty years, man. Where it's uh, you, you just you have your recipe, and then you and then you think about it, and you go, well, you know what? I could do is I could do this, and I could do this, and I and then you just end up changing a whole bunch of shit or adding honey malt. I yeah, like honey I malt. think I think simplicity is a virtue in yeah. brewing, and sometimes we get away from that because you want to try all these cool malts that you've never used. Because it's cool, dude. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, look at this honey malt. It tastes. It must taste like honey, right? And so, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was. Uh, dude, honey malt's I, good. I used to put it in my yogurt when I worked at More Beer for, for breakfast. <laughs> oh, it's really for, good. As a snack. Yeah, it was. It was tasty. Yeah. You can easily go down the rabbit hole with 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 recipe formulation, though. You start. Yeah. You start simple. And then uh, four or five brews in. Next thing you know, you've got everything but the kitchen sink, and you're mm-hmm. like, where, where, "How did the, how did I get here?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you what you end up doing is you read all of the descriptions to all these malts, and you're like, "Oh man, that that sounds really good. I've never had that, but if that's right. the character that it adds, I'll just add a little bit of this and I'll add a little bit of that, and then it ends up tasting muddled." Yep. Right. Um, yep. So I think that yeah, going uh, if you know, I'll I'll do it again at some point, but I think uh, I think. The first thing I would do is is cut totally cut the honey malt and then um, just don't add any sixty minute boil additions at all. Mm-hmm. Do all so a few pellets to kind of help prevent boil overs, you know, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Quarter, I, don't have to, I can I can drink more when I don't have sixty minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a quarter of an ounce or less. Or yeah. use foam, foam control. <laughs> Matt, you want to go? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. So. Um, uh, for the aroma, the first thing that hit me was was sort of this green apple. Uh, I know Brian, you said that uh, you got this really nice, clean uh, ferment. I got sort of an acid aldehyde, but I also got you know when I when I drink this kind of beer, I'm doing this with my hands, like people can see me. <laughs> like when you when you open up uh, a like a dried mango, a bag of dried mangoes, and you take a big whiff. Yeah. That's what you know. That's, that's what, what you I want. love about yeah. this beer. And I do get some mango. I definitely I get some pear. I get some mango. Not a whole lot of grainy aspect to this. Uh, a touch piney uh, appearance. Uh, yeah, to, to Brian's point, um, it is like a hazy, deep gold, which kind of lends sort of a dirty 
uh, dirty dishwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was pretty muddy looking. Uh, and and a very thin foam. I'm sure drinking it out. It's it's keg. You, you did you bottle it from a keg? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went with the keg just because I, you know, it's sort of especially with this style from what I've read, it's just so sensitive to oxygen. So I just did yeah. not want to. Right. You know, I don't have. You know, uh, bottling lines. So, right, uh, right. the only way that I can purge my vessels and make sure that the transfer is totally oxygen free is by kegging it first and right. then bottling it after. Right, right. Uh, having a little more CO2 would also drive some more of those hop uh, aromatics out, absolutely. too. So, that would help yeah. here. So, so it ta- is it a little flat to you guys? Oh, y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It's really flat. Damn. Um, Okay. Not really flat, but just kind of yeah, medium low. But I've never had a style this style that has any carbonation to it. Mm. I've had a lot. I mean, of that's them. true, right? I mean, I guess that you know you could make the argument that in terms in within the IPA realm, this should have the least amount of carbonation because you want to kind of go low on the acidity and have it a rounder mouthfeel and not sharp, and, uh, biting, sweeter, yeah. you know, et cetera. But yeah. I, I find I find because you're because you you don't have a whole lot of hot bitterness in this beer typically you want to balance mm-hmm. a lot of that uh, uh, thick chewy uh, oatiness with yeah. a little more uh, carbonation. As far as the flavor, mm-hmm. um, I get a little. Uh, I wrote meaty. Um, hmm. I also get like this very deep oaty sort of caramely aspect. And I say meaty, and and it kind of goes back to the green apple. I, I'm wondering about the pitch of yeast. Um, yeah. So with the pitch, um, the pitch was interesting because I usually do yeast starters. I did mm-hmm. so. I used the London Ale three uh-huh. yeast, um, and then I was doing a starter, um, and then I left uh, home. And and usually what I do is I take. Uh, a piece of aluminum foil and we'll put it just sort of loosely on top of the sure. Erlenmeyer flask where I'm doing it so that it can sort of let off some of that CO2. I ran out of aluminum foil, so I put plastic wrap and then put a rubber band around it. Uh-huh. And so it ended up blowing up and <laughs> and it was just, you know, it was right on the top of our dresser. My wife yeah, she That's was. How you make a let's not happy. talk about that part. <laughs> no. And then, um, and then, uh, and so what I ended up having to do was go back to the, the yeast shop. You know, I'd ran out of time at this point to do a full starter, so yeah. I I just pitched a straight, um, like a like a, a smart pitch. Mm-hmm. I think it was either four or five of them. Yeah. For I think that we got maybe nine gallons into the fermenter yeah something like that okay um so yeah that's what happened with the yeast right um and that 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 probably answers a couple questions as far as uh you know where i was going with with uh the fermentation character uh but yeah i do get a lot of like that creamy odiness that's uh very chewy um i do get a slight tropical note like i said sort of an overly ripe mango Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as far as the uh, the hop bitterness goes, I would definitely back down on that. When I brew that beer, um, I I like to do um, a hop stand at 180 during Whirlpool, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That is it. I I don't even put a pellet in for for foam. I <laughs> um, I I Whirlpool down through the heat exchanger down to 180. And then I throw all my hops into a 20-minute whirlpool and let it sit for 20 minutes and then throw it into the fermenter. And, gotcha. um, and then a hell of a lot of, of dry hops in this beer. Now, th- this beer is uh, kind of weird because the, the, the esters and the hops play together. They, they right. interact together. So um, a lot of those mango-y flavors is sort of a... a uh, conglomerate, right, of of your esters and your hops, um, and uh, so so I'm liking where it's going with that. Um, I do like that 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 really nice tropical uh, sort of passion fruit mangoey flavor I'm getting from this. I would definitely uh, reduce any kind of color malt in this. Yeah, because like I said, I the, totally agree. It, it kind of gives sort of a, a 
dirty, uh, especially with a, with a hazy beer. Any kind of color malt's going to make it look a little dirty. Um, yeah. And then backload the hell out of this beer with with dry hops and uh, whirlpool hops at a at a low um, lower temperature uh, whirlpool. Um, that way you're right. not you're not extracting a whole lot of bitterness. You're not doing getting a whole lot of isomerization, but you're getting a lot of oils that that right. stay in solution. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I used, yeah, I agree. Maybe. So, so most, so I think, Shut it. I want to say four, so four and a half ounces total of hops went into a, for a five minute boil edition. And uh-huh. then another four and a half ounces went into the Whirlpool and the Whirlpool was held at 175. Nice. Um, but yeah, I did Bravo for the, uh, for the, uh, bittering edition and it was uh point it was uh three quarters of an ounce so and that that got me according to beer smith 25 ibus just from that so uh-huh. i think that i would totally cut yeah just cut yeah. the bravo you, you get a lot of perceived bitterness from dry hops too uh you know you you don't necessarily need to isomerize hops to get bitterness out of it just pop a pellet in your mouth and yeah oh yeah <laughs> you know i don't know i don't know if i would sit tell anyone to do that because it's <laughs> rough right yeah. right <laughs> brian what do you um think? you know what i summarize with your tongue man <laughs> i guess <laughs> that's, that's him and his wife leave it alone yeah. uh do you have anything to contribute brian that uh, the other two have not i i do not not a huge amount i'm not going to go through my my whole score sheet here okay. uh, i thought the aroma was very uh, hop focused and had a real orange juice uh, character and then the aroma and especially in the flavor it really got the tangerine like those little tiny the little bitty ones the cuties they sell mm-hmm. them at here in the grocery store you get the sack of the little oranges and they're my daughter loves them and official citrus tasty. of walt disney world Oh, really? Like cuties, yeah. I did not know that. <clears throat> yeah, you do. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, I, I agree that I got, you know, a few episodes ago, Nicole Ernie brought up, uh, I think very uh, helpfully, that acetaldehyde often has like a raw pumpkin character. And she mm. brought that up when we were drinking my beer, which tasted like you were shoving your <laughs> head inside a pumpkin or something, uh, which was just a, a, a bad idea. Um and I got definitely some raw pumpkin in the aroma and in the flavor of this beer. But when you mentioned honey malt, I did start to wonder, was I really getting raw pumpkin or was I getting the honey malt? Because honey malt can mm. have some kind of off-putting. Sometimes it's great, and I maybe it's good on your yogurt like you know, mm-hmm. JP was doing. But it's good. Uh, when you <laughs> brew with it, I've, you know, I've, I've had beers made with honey malt, and they can kind of go both ways. Um, so maybe this is not acetaldehyde. I'm willing to be wrong on that. Have we talked about how much honey malt you have? Uh, no, it wasn't. So I'll, I'll kind of run through. It was about yeah. 7% of the <laughs> grain bill. Uh, so it was a pound and a half of honey malt. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. And nine, pounds, yeah. nine gallons. Yeah. So I, I'm yeah. willing to believe that it's not acetaldehyde. I'm getting something that's raw pumpkin-y. Mm-hmm. That's actually more of a honey malt. Mm-hmm. character uh, mm-hmm. in here so I'm getting, yeah i'm getting it kind of myself as maybe a kind of a dulled and slightly stale thing and to me when malt starts to oxidize it it goes through a honey like kind of stage you know and i don't think mm-hmm. that's helping the spirit mm-hmm. at all i'm getting it no. as like a like a brake pad dust <laughs> eraser <laughs> carburetor fluid lightning bolt thing oh, yeah. if you guys Chrysler can or a Chevy, yeah. like, well, that's for me that's for only the brewer knows for sure for, um yeah like i was i'd use a honey malt in a, in a porter in my pure porter actually and i would yeah. use four that ounces of it in like 10 gallons so mm. how did i yeah. so i went overboard on that one yeah, yeah i i think i just echo what everybody else said which is you know, leave that out next time yeah uh, gotcha. you know i i think that it was uh the carbonation was low which also didn't i think do you any favors in in this beer but overall i mean i thought it was a, a drinkable uh, it was a good beer i gave us a 28 out of 50 uh overall uh okay. so Excellent. it was uh, it, it was it was good cool avery mm-hmm. do you have any questions uh, for the guys lingering questions Burning uh, just as a recap in terms of how to improve the beer in the future, um, you guys wanted me to double or triple the amount of honey malt. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Right. So do that. And then um, yeah. make sure you always have aluminum foil on hand. Plenty of foil. Is <laughs> 100 too much? Actually, go with aluminum yeah, then, foil. Yeah. Just I think that um, and cutting the 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 boil addition and then. 
I mean, the in terms of the 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 AA flavor. So I have I have for fermentation control. I have pretty tight control because I use SS Brewtech in there. Um, you know, I have all the you know heating and chilling with that conical fermenter. So I'm just wondering, other than um, obviously keeping a close eye on the yeast health and even maybe the honey malt sort of mixing up those flavors, and uh, what else would you guys, in terms of suggestions, uh, say to, to reduce that flavor in the future, the AA flavoring, the, the apple flavor? Um, I, I, I think what... That that apple that acetaldehyde flavor you're getting from this beer in particular is probably from an, uh, uh, a yeast pitch that wasn't big enough. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Uh, I I don't. You're. I think you're on point with with your fermentation control. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, your yeast health, yeast pitch, um, obviously uh, kicking that honey malt to the curb, and you know I use a little uh, about. Three and a half percent carafoam in mine. Uh, that mm, that's a really okay. nice uh, uh, mid mid malt uh, bodybuilding. Um, so yeah, I, my my recipe basically is is pale malt. I use raw pale, flaked oats, carafoam, wheat, uh, two kinds of wheat: wheat malt and and flaked wheat. Uh, right, and that's okay. about it. Um, as there's really no color at all to mind okay mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and and just make make that starter you know i said that earlier in this episode with the previous beer that one that i made that was all raw pumpkin that got nicole talking about the raw pumpkin <laughs> was one where i just didn't have time to make a starter and i got a right. couple of pitches at the store and just put them right into the fermenter and that's the, pro- the times that i have acetaldehyde or <laughs> i have problems is when i don't make a starter i yeah. think oh yeah. i'll just pitch more uh, and maybe for some people that works for whatever it is in my system and how I brew. When I don't make a starter, bad things happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah or you have yeah. to like severely overpitch. Yes, because I'll do. I do two and I do two and a half gallons now, and I just do a one tube of uh, White Labs. I don't make a starter. Yeah. It ends up being fine, but maybe I really should should do more. But yeah, yeast health is uh, it's super important for the obvious reasons. Yeah. Right. It, so actually, speaking of yeast starters, I was gonna. This is something that I've thought about, and maybe I could uh, throw it your guys' way and see if you guys uh, have some insight. But when I do a yeast starter. I, I run it. Uh, once it's done, I put it in the fridge so that it settles out a little more quickly, and sure. then that way I can decant it a little more effectively so that I'm just throwing in the yeast and none of the nasty uh, fake beer, the, uh, you know, the, the starter beer. Um, but I've always been worried about uh, putting the yeast in the fridge after doing the starter. Um, is that shocking them by putting them in there? And then also... What is the best way to warm them back up again so that when I put them into the beer, you know, they're not going from fridge to... Exhale on them. Like, while you're warming your hands up, do that over, like, the mouth of the starter. And that usually works for me. I think think you're... you're, They like that. I think you're doing the right thing with putting it in a fridge, uh, letting it fall out so you can decant some of the nasty beer off. Um, what I like to do is just pull that, pull my uh, Erlenmeyer out of the fridge uh, the, day, my, the day of my brew and let it warm up to room temp during the brew. That way it's, gotcha. it's uh, uh, ready to go when I'm ready to pitch. Yeah, yeast are okay. a little more sturdy than everyone gives them credit for, especially you know, home brewers because we like we have to be very careful and everything's super important. But then it's like just knowing your it's like knowing your kid. You're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. the kid's fine. Well, the yeast think, is fine. Think about think about what's actually going on here. Though the reason you don't want to crash is because the yeast will die and they'll excrete their insides into the beer and off bad flavors happen. You Hell don't yeah. want that, right? Hell yeah. So if the goal, if, if you're doing that at the end of your fermentation in your fermenter, obviously you don't want to do that because you're affecting the flavor of all the beer you just spent two weeks fermenting. Mm-hmm. But if what you're trying to do is take your starter and get all that that liquid out, most of the liquid out, and leave the slurry behind, 
really, when you crash it, they're going to emit all that bad stuff to the extent they emit bad stuff into the liquid you're going to pour out anyway. <laughs> right. So that right. stuff's going to be gone. So I, when, you, when you just kind of think of the rationale and what's actually physically happening, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I quite often I'll do that with my fridge, with my starter, depending on the size of the starter. Because uh, sometimes if you're making a logger, you have a gallon starter. Sure. You don't want to dump a gallon of this stuff into five gallons. You want to get that liquid right. out. But you also don't want to favor that. I mean, the reason you crash it is you don't want to favor the yeast that's already dropped out of fermentation. Uh, the stuff that poops out early, you want to get them all to drop out. Uh, and then you, you put them all back into your actual wort. So I, for that reason, I never see the, the fridge issue as a, as a problem. Yeah, another trick you can do, too, is especially if you do have a, a substantial temperature difference, if it's more than 5 or especially 10 degrees, is to acclimate, acclimate the yeast by adding some of the wort that's going to be fermenting. And also, if you have a wort that's like, let's say you made a 1032 starter or 1040, and you're going to be fermenting a 1070 or 1080 you know, monster beer or something, you want to acclimate it to what it's going to be chewing on and just add a little bit at a time to it um, You know, every every 10 10 minutes or something you know just while you're just kind of waiting to to pitch it get into the right temperatures on your uh in your in your fermenter just add a little bit at a time until it it kind of you know comes up a few degrees at a time and gets happy and right. and then it's ready to pitch and kind of go it kind of wakes up again and is ready yeah to go. that's actually a really good idea because yeah. the, the other issue is that if you decant all that fluid off it's you know even with a stir plate it's kind of hard to get it moving you know again you kind of right. have to have some, some liquid in there you know <laughs> so after the end of the brew day you could just take a little bit of the work that you've already made throw it in there let it mix up let it get up to the right temp and then pitch yeah i like doing that yeah gotcha all right, David, all right. Well, if that's it man we'll let you go yeah thanks a lot guys yeah, all right. thank, you. Yeah. thank you yeah happy brew. thank okay. you all right Cool. Yeah, that was a fun beer. I like the I like yeah. the hops used in it. Yeah, it wasn't super offensive. That's for sure. Speaking of not being offensive, the city of Concord is the, per- is the perfect place to start or expand your craft beer business. Concord is centrally located in the Bay Area. It boasts strong craft beer-loving demographics. The city's historic downtown is experiencing a boom with new businesses opening and new apartment developments in the pipeline. Concord's business and industrial parks are centrally located off major freeways and are perfect for large-scale brewing operations. The city's economic development team has helped ready to visit successful location. Successful. Give Brian Nunnally a call at 925-671-3018. He's ready to help you open up your business in Concord. Industry. Progress. <laughs> the city of the future. 3M has that and more. All right. We're taking a break. We're coming back. We're giving some stuff away, okay. and we're leaving. That's the kind of in the generic order of stuff. I'm drinking so, more beer, too, I hope. Hang on. We'll be right back. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today are you a member of the white labs customer club if not you should be it's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch all you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast an exclusive white labs t-shirt or sweatshirt and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself chris white Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this. 
we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for uh, hanging out, everybody. I like your shirt, JP. Thank you. Skulls and Scratch Cat. Orange skulls. and uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, Learn to Homebrew Day is November 3rd. What? The American Homebrewers Association, organizers of Learn to Homebrew Day. I want to learn. Uh, which is a day dedicated to sharing the joys of homebrewing with friends and family. This November 3rd, we invite you to attend a Learn to Homebrew Day event near you or host your own. Visit the AHA website at homebrewersassociation.org to view a map of Learn to Homebrew Day events as well as resources for promoting your own Learn to Homebrew Day gathering. We should host Very an cool. event. Maybe we could plan ahead for next year. I think you should do Just that get a bunch at your of... house as far, enough, as far away from <laughs> no. you as possible. Right here. Where? Right, with right you, with in, you in the studio, yeah. with me, yeah. starring you. Uh, no, <laughs> we could do it at JP's house on his Pico Brew. <laughs> That'll be like pretty, pretty cool. We could put it out in your garage, invite like thousands of listeners. Yeah, that sounds great. I, that's I like people a lot, and uh, <laughs> that will only help. All right, let's give away a forty dollar gift certificate to Grog Tag. Go to grogtag.com. Oh, they have man. absolutely everything you need. No, that's the Morbius read. They have everything you want to customize labels and stuff at Grogtag. And metal signs for your garage. The yeah. Grogtag goes to Brian with a Y. Brian with a Y. All right. By like Brian. zero point. Congratulations. Three. Yeah, it's like by a third of a point. It was a hard, uh, wow. hard decision to make. Very close. Is that a record? M- maybe. Sure. If we kept I had records. to do math this time. And it, yeah. That's a record. Usually I don't. Excuse me. God bless almighty. All right. Well, uh, uh, Brian, good job. Avery, sorry your beer was better, I guess. I don't really know what to say to this. I'd things. like to thank Brian Shar for taking over last time, too. That was awesome. Yeah, Brian Shar, good job. You did a fine job. Thank you, you very much. You did a fine job. What, what would you give him? A very I good? I haven't listened to it a yet. Good, uh, well. Like a 28, But he did a fine job. Like I just I just know by the way, you know. Would that is. be like it's to style with minor flaws? Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a very good bordering on excellence. Yes. I think uh, at the end of every quarter we should all do judge score sheets based on, <laughs> on our yeah. How did we think like like feedback? Anyway, everybody, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Dr. Homebrew and uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Oh.